You're listening to NapperBroadcasting.com. Controversy, fun, and conversation. All the things that radio used to be. Thanks for joining us again here back at NapaBroadcasting.com. We're going to take a break from some of the serious hard news we've been talking about lately to talk about something that is equally important but a little more fun and a little more pleasant. You might think that all of the students here at Napa Valley College are of the two-legged variety. Well, we have one of the four-legged variety right here in the studio today. I'm joined first by Valerie Mull, who works in the Napa Valley College Financial Aid Office, but she also has another life, training guide dogs for the blind, and she's here today with Avon. Valerie, thanks for coming in. Thank you so much for having us. I have to ask you first, how did you get involved in this? You have, as I say, a day job here in the Financial Aid Office. Short story. My husband is a field service computer technician, and one day, about 15 years ago, he had a service call at Canine Companions for Independence. He came home with an application to raise a puppy, and we've been doing it ever since. Wow. And how long ago was that? Um, That was the year 2000. And how many puppies have you raised in 15 years? Avon is my 10th puppy. The hardest part of that, it seems to me, would be training them and getting attached to them. I mean, Avon is this little black lab here and adorable, and you get attached to them, and then you have to let them go to do their job. That is correct. It is um, a difficult day. They don't know it's coming, Um, but we know when we take the puppy in that we'll be doing that a year later. We'll be giving the puppy back. And thankfully, if we do it well, they do make more, and they'll give us another puppy to raise. How did the puppies deal with it? I mean, you know, you can intellectually understand, yes, you're raising the puppy, and yes, you have to give it away, but they get attached to you as well. They do get attached to the families that raise them, but one of the unique qualities of the Labrador Retrievers and the Golden Retrievers that are used in service work is that they readily transfer their allegiance to the person holding the leash. So... Um, when they're matched with their ultimate partner, it's it's a strong and hard bond, and they don't look back. Tell us a little bit about what's involved in the training. First of all, how young are they when you get them? We get the puppies when they're 8 to 10 weeks old. So they're tiny little cuddly puppies with virtually no training whatsoever. Um, rarely do they even know their names. As a puppy raiser for Guide Dogs for the Blind, my responsibility is to socialize the puppy and teach them basic commands. Learn um, for them to learn how to be confident in public and how to um, ultimately refuse distractions. When we give the puppies back, they're 14 or 15 months old and they're ready to be taught how to actually work in a harness. And they're, tr- they're not fully trained then at that point. They're really just trained to begin the more formal kind of on-the-job on the training. Absolutely. We call it K-12. through That's what we do as volunteers. And then they start their apprenticeship. That's correct. And how does that work? How does it get determined who gets what puppy, and, and how does that process work? Well, Guide Dogs for the Blind in San Rafael has been in existence for over 40 years, and they're very, very good at what they do. Um, They rely heavily on the reports that the volunteers submit every month to determine the um, temperament of the dog that they're working with in order to appropriately match them with a visually impaired person so that if a puppy has um, a little bit of oomph and energy, Um, they would be matched with a person who has a fairly active lifestyle. If it's a very sedate dog, they might be uh, matched with a person who has a more um, quiet type of lifestyle. Mm -hmm. 
Now, you mentioned the volunteers. This is all volunteer work. There's no pay involved for this. Or what about, you know, these dogs eat? I mean, how does that work for our <laughs> listeners that want to know? Guide Dogs is a very generous organization to volunteer for. And um, outside of food and um, the cost of socializing a dog, taking it on outings with you, most of the equipment is supplied for you. Um, when I get my little eight-week-old puppy, I get a puppy pack that includes all of the collars and leashes that they will require over the next year, all of the uh, monthly medications they will require over the next year, and Guide Dogs reimburses all veterinary costs to volunteers. Avon here is a black lab. Are they all black labs? Is there a mix of dogs? Tell us about that. Um, Guide Dogs for the Blind now uses um, Labrador Retrievers, yellow and black, and Golden Retrievers. And what's the di- is there a difference in temperament or a difference in, in the training process? What's the difference between the dogs as, as it relates to what they do for guide dogs? Um, between those particular breeds? breeds? Yeah. No, no difference. Mm-hmm. Are some easier or harder to train? <laughs> <laughs> Every puppy is unique. Um, Talk about that. Um, as I was saying before, some dogs have a little more pep and spirit, and others are much more sedate. Um, you just find a way to relate with a particular puppy and work with their strengths, just mm-hmm. like you would a child. And how much time do you have to spend with them every day? I don't mean just you know maybe bringing the dog to work, or whatever, but how much training time do you put in every day? It's all training time. Every time they're at your side, it's all training. It's all commands. Um, what I like to tell people is the biggest difference between my puppies and their dogs is they're with me all day. And so I have that opportunity to constantly work on their behavior. And that's part of my charge as a volunteer. Does that limit you to places, to going only to places that are dog friendly and places that you can take the dog? Not necessarily. We start out slowly with a young puppy. We have very clear guidelines on socializing the puppies and places we can take them, at what age it's appropriate, and places that we're never allowed to take them, like zoos, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, We are um, at the goodwill of the public as far as access is granted Mm -hmm. to puppies in training. And we will patronize the establishments that welcome our puppies. Right. but we seize every opportunity to take them to movies, to restaurants, to shows, to get them on public transportation because that's a large part of their life when they're working, and to give them every possible experience we can. Mm-hmm. Talk a little bit about how they begin to work with the person that gets them and really helps them, and how does that process start to evolve? Once we return the puppies to guide dogs for formal training, the professional instructors there start working with them on um, harness training and working in much more unpredictable environments. Mm -hmm. And as they get to know these puppies that are close to becoming adult dogs, um, they'll start working on um, determining the individuals that are in the pipeline waiting for a dog to be matched with. Often it's a successor dog, Mm -hmm. um, not just a first guide dog. Um, And so it's, as a volunteer, it's a bit of a mystery how they do it because it's so incredibly well done at -hmm. that level. Um, Every puppy I've raised, 
that's become a guide, some have become breeders, have landed exactly where they were meant to land. And how that happens is still, like I said, a mystery to me. Do you get to follow them at all? I mean, in, I don't mean literally, but to, to know a little bit about where they are and how they're doing and, and kind of a follow-up. Yes, we do. We do. Um, when the dog graduates as a guide, there's a formal ceremony on campus where you're introduced to the person that you're, the puppy you raised is going to spend the rest of their life with. Um, my husband and I have been very fortunate to have raised many successful puppies um, that have not only become guide dogs and service dogs, but also breeders. Um, we have had puppies um, go as far as Australia and Montreal to their final home with their um, mm-hmm. partners. So um, we're very thankful to have established relationships with the people that they ended up with in those places. And talk a little bit about having the dog with you here on campus. I am so very thankful at the way the campus community has embraced this activity over the past 15 years. We, I couldn't do it without the support of Napa Valley College. Um, from the beginning, it was very well accepted. Um, it's it's funny when you um, speak to people who have worked at the campus for a long time. They they identify themselves with the puppy I was raising at the time they started. Oh, <laughs> and, um, I like that. That's that's kind of their um, their landmark and their timeline with the college is what puppy it was, and um, they they take a high interest in it. They understand. They assist with educating the community at large on how to interact with service dogs. Um, It's just been a really, really nice exercise. We've also had students who have raised puppies on campus, which is also very enriching to have students in the classrooms because the students, I think, teach others more than I could possibly teach them after all the years I've been doing Mm -hmm. it. And are there service dogs in, in service, as it were, on campus as well? From time to time. You know, students come and go. Mm-hmm. Students don't come and stay sure. forever like we staff members do. <laughs> um, but, um, yes, we have had um, students with service dogs. And back when I started in the year 2000, we had a, a staff member, an instructor with a service dog. Mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about Avon here. <laughs> Just now licking my feet. <laughs> yes, yes. Avon is four months old. She is a, a female black lab. She was born at the guide dog campus in San Rafael. They do have their own breeding colony, um, so they grow their own. They're able to co- um, control the health and temperament of the um, population of dogs they produce. Um, I um, picked up Avon in early February. She's been with me about two months, and she is a joy. She is a an exuberant, vivacious little black lab, um, just loves the world, and um, I'm, I'm really enjoying getting to know her. <laughs> yes, she just jumped and banged her head, banged on, her the head on the, the table. table. <laughs> um, again, exuberant and vivacious, um, the black labs typically are, at least the ones that come into my life. So we just take it one day at a time. Great. And tell us a little bit about Guide Dogs for the Blind as an organization. How long have they been around and, and a little bit about uh, the organization? Um, guide Dogs for the Blind is one of the first guide dog organizations in the United States. They um, originally were um, based in Los Altos and moved 
to San Rafael, where their primary campus is. They do have another campus in Boring, Oregon, right outside of Portland. Um, they have produced over 12,000 guide dog wow. teams since they came into existence and currently have over 2,000 active teams. Um, again, they are an incredible organization to volunteer for. They give a high, high level of support to their volunteers. Um, and the average volunteer will raise, I believe the article I read was five puppies. And they have quite a few, like 20% of the volunteers will raise over 10 puppies in their lifetime. So I can't say enough good things about them. I feel very fortunate that they keep giving me puppies. That's great. It's like all the joys of having a puppy without the vet bill to go with it. <laughs> Somebody else gets to worry about that. Well, you do do a lot of bending over, Jeff. <laughs> well, <there you> go. <laughs> Well, Valerie, I thank you so much for coming in and, uh, and telling us about this. Valerie Mole, thanks so much. Thank you, Jeff. And thank you to Avon as well <laughs> for being patient here. <laughs> you are listening to NapperBroadcasting.com.